Hey there, ladies. Welcome back to Being Eve. I have a brand new series for you all this week and with me, an amazing guest. I know I say it all the time, but have I lied though? This season has been absolutely amazing and this guest is no different. She has a life changing testimony that will be sure to encourage you, empower you and equip you to live a life that thrives. So ladies, without further ado, let's jump right into the episode. Welcome to Being Eve. I'm your host, Casey Alexis, and this podcast is designed for the everyday woman who seeks to do more than just survive. You want to thrive. The goal is to inspire, empower, and encourage you as you find commonalities within my story and the stories of some extraordinary guests. Join me as we dive into this brand new episode. Shakima Estat Perry is a native New Yorker born in Brooklyn on January 17, 1981. At the age of 24, she surrendered her life to Jesus Christ and fully committed her life to God. Although she surrendered, there was still a struggle with her walk in Christ when it came to her mind. She struggled in her thoughts and emotions and was tormented in her mind for seven years. But then God, in 2012, he gave her a miracle and her mind was restored. Because of that miracle and the major shift in her life, Shakima is now a homeowner and a business owner, as well as an author, motivational speaker, and coach. Ladies, help me welcome Shakima S. Perry to Being Eve. Hey, Shakima, welcome to Being E. Thank you. Thank you so much, Casey, for the invitation and inviting me. I'm humbled and honored to come on and share my story today. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Lady Shakima is one of my dear friends. We go way back like two pimps in the Cadillac. <laughs> We've known each other since our first year at college, and it's been long overdue to have her on the podcast. Shakima, I've already shared your formal bio with the audience, but now that I have you with me, please tell the ladies who you are. Who is Shakima? Shakima was born, I'm blind now. <laughs> First and foremost, I'm a child of the king. Amen. Know, I'm a woman of God and I'm a person of purpose. I strive for purpose. I walk in purpose. I focus on purpose and I want people. My whole heart is wanting women, especially women, because that's my ministry, wanting women to walk in their purpose because we're here for a reason. We're not here to just to be here and just to have the mindset to say, okay, I'm here and I'm going to die tomorrow. It's just a mindset that, okay, what is your journey? What is your purpose on earth? So I'm a type of person that that's who I am. I just want to live the way God wants me to live, walk in my purpose and just help other women to walk in theirs. I'm just happy that the Lord pointed me in this direction when it comes to that. I've been through a whole lot of different things, but 
I know that because of the things I have gone through, it helped me to focus on what's God's will for my life and his purpose for my life. And I'm just happy to be here and be a part. Amen. I love that. Now, I know you weren't born straight out the womb with that mindset. How did you eventually (laughs) get to that point? Tell us a little bit of your story. Okay, well, my story before I was born, I actually, in my mother's womb, I had the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck. Mm. and almost pretty much died with an emergency C-section. I'm really telling my my, my book. I don't want to tell y'all all my business. Right, but, right, right. <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. Thank God I'm alive. And when I was five years old, I had a traumatic accident that I actually fractured my skull. And I dealt with a lot of mental issues because of it. Imagine being five, your personality just forming, and now you have a brain injury. And now you're trying to figure out who you are at Mm. that point. I think before that happened, I believe I was developing who I was. But because of that incident, it's like the enemy tried to put a stop on that journey. Mm -hmm. But God had a purpose in that. That's why I talk about purpose because it's important. He had a purpose in that, that journey of me fracturing my skull. So I dealt with a lot of things growing up from the time I was five till the time I was, what, 31, 32. But I can go back a little bit when it came to going through that injury and growing up. It was really strange because my mindset as a child, I really didn't know how to think or what's the best thing to think. Because, you know, I'm a kid. Growing up, I knew something was a little off in the sense of my thought process. I had a lot of memory loss. I, I struggled in school because of it. I thought my mindset was pretty much like it's supposed to be. But when what happened was when at the age of 24, when I decided to give my heart to Jesus Christ, is when I noticed something was really wrong because I couldn't shift my mindset the way I wanted to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And because of it, I really struggled for years since the time I was 24 until the time I was 31, 32, because I wanted the mind of Christ. I wanted to have a mindset of a mature woman of my age. And it it felt like I was like a five-year-old stuck in a 24-year-old body, if that makes Mm, sense. Yeah. Because it was like my mind wasn't developing the way it should have as a grown adult because the way I I acted towards people, I kind of literally propelled people from me instead of bringing them to me. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. because of my um personality, certain things I said being very sarcastic. You was there. You saw I was very sarcastic. We both were. <laughs> right. You know, we were in a funny way. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you probably didn't know what I was dealing with, but I was still trying to but thank God you stuck it through. You shoot, you could have been bounced too. But <laughs> God is good. So I went through that and literally at the age of let me see, I want to make sure it's the right exact age. The age of 31 is when the Lord delivered my mind. He gave me a miracle. He told me that he would because I was going to put myself in a mental institution. I was going to put myself, I was going to put myself on medication. I, I just was tired of going through the stress of the anxieties. I had a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of depression. I tend to get more peace when I slept. So just to give a little deeper detail, the thought process was my mindset concerning God's people, the way I viewed them was in a demonic mindset, meaning that negative thoughts towards them. And I know I told somebody mm. this and they was laughing like, she said, oh, everybody think like that. I said, no, it's not normal. Just having random thoughts about people. With, and, mm. and it's like random thoughts. It's, you could think one thing about somebody, but with my mind, it was multiple thoughts r- racing through my mind at the 
all at mm. the same time. So that's not normal. And you can't control yeah. those thoughts. So that's I give the most detail I can give you. Somebody asked, what was you thinking about? Oh, you thought somebody was ugly? <laughs> so I'm like, so I'm like, people are so stupid. Right. But it was just very negative thoughts towards people. All the time. Right. Coming through my mind yeah. constantly. That's that's torment. Right. Coming through my mind constantly all the time. Mm -hmm. And then especially being a Christian woman, I wanted to have the right mindset, but I couldn't turn it off. Mm. I couldn't turn my emotions off. So not only the thought process, also my emotions were very erratic because when I got upset, I was upset for all day or for weeks. Like I can't turn me being mad at all. So I felt like I had bipolar. It was like, why can right. I not, not turn it off? So it's not the fact that some thoughts in general as humans is impure, but it was on a erratic level or like another level of a person. That's what it was. It was like a, it was heightened instead of, okay, I had a bad thought about somebody and that's it. No, it's, I'm just constantly thinking of negative things. Everything's negative, think negative, negative all, all day, every day. So that was my thought process and my mindset because of that injury. Wow. It's interesting that you shared that because so often we don't take inventory mm -hmm. of our thoughts, right? We don't take inventory of what, at, what is actually passing through my mind mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. And this is a perfect time to highlight that, ladies, to take inventory of your thoughts, to take inventory of what you actually think about all day long, because your thoughts impact your actions. And of course, Shakima's yours was heightened to something on a totally different level, but I do want to highlight that for a minute because oftentimes you don't know you have an issue if you, you really don't look at it like that. If you're really like, oh, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay. And we like to say that a lot as women, especially when we have tons of responsibilities, we keep pacifying certain things and just saying, I'm okay, I'm okay, and not really taking inventory of ourselves to make sure that we are in fact okay. So thank you for sharing that part of your story. So continue on as far as when, when you finally got delivered and God gave you that miracle, what did that feel like? The difference between when you were bombarded in your thoughts and now you have such this clear mindset. How did that feel? Okay, so just to give you a little backdrop of what, like right before it happened. So right, I was in my kitchen and I was going through the whole thought process of saying, I'm going to put myself in a mental institution. I'm going to take medication. And mm -hmm, I was just saying mm -hmm. that to myself. And because I was literally in a sense of, from the time, I, I forgot to mention this, from the time that I gave my heart to the Lord, from the time of my deliverance, I was tormented by the enemy. The reason mm -hmm, why I was tormented course. is because I didn't have a thought process of a Christian. So the enemy used that against me. So it's like, if you're thinking negative thoughts, the enemy are going to come in and say, oh, I thought you was a Christian. Why are you thinking like that? So I'm right. like, oh, oh, no, I'm sorry, Lord. And I'm always in this place of repentance. And I looked at God at the time as a ruler instead of my father. Mm, and that so that can be such a different perspective of how you and your father act towards each other in the sense uh -huh. of how do you view God? And people deal with that all the time and they go into this place of condemnation, go into this place of feeling guilty instead of saying, you know, God, I'm sorry, father, I, I didn't mean to and keep moving and don't do it again. <laughs> That's it. It's not even about, oh, I want to make you feel guilty. That's not how God works. But at the time it was more so God was my ruler. I need to listen. And if I'm thinking wrong, okay, the enemy told me I'm going to hell, <laughs> all these different things. And I believed him because I'm like, 
my thoughts are really crazy. So I'm like, I gotta be going to hell. It's no way Same. my thoughts is gonna be in this great capacity of negativity that God is not, of course he's not pleased with this. So I'm always in a state of repentance or in the state I'm so sorry, God, or in the state of guilt and condemnation and all this stuff the enemy has placed on me. I felt like a, a doom cloud on my head. Mm -hmm. That's what it felt like. It felt like I was walking on eggshells. I, I was never in a place of peace. So I want to iterate that part because I want to kind of show your audience the dynamic of how I felt and how I'm about to feel. Absolutely. So that's the Thank dynamic of that. what I felt and how I view God before I got delivered. And to tell you the time frame when I was in the kitchen, because when I was being tormented, I heard the enemy very loud in my ears. So he was in the forefront of my mind. God was there, but he was like a still small voice in the back of my mind. So it was like the enemy was super loud, like the Lord allowed him to be so loud. So I knew his voice. Right. And God was in the background saying, Shaquem, always encouraging me, telling me I'm going to come out. So I felt him in the background, but the enemy was always in the forefront. And he did. I believe mm -hmm. God did that for a reason, but we're going to get into that. But when I was sitting in my kitchen to get back to what I was talking about before, I was saying, I'm going to do all these different things. I'm going to put myself in a mental institution. I'm going to take medication because I'm tired. I was at this point just tired. I was going through it for at least almost seven years. Okay. I'm sick of this. So I don't care anything to numb this pain, to numb this mind, something. I, I need something. And as clear as day is, I heard God very clear. He said, do not take no medication. Do not take, don't put yourself in a mental institution. He said, I'm going to give you a miracle. And mm. when he said that, I was like, what? Miracle? Really? Like, huh? Like I was just in disbelief. And it's funny, the year, a year prior to that time, before he told me that, he told me he was going to deliver me. He told me I was actually living with one of my friends at the time. And I had a situation that I had to move. And he told me loud and clear, he was like, I promise you, I'm going to deliver you. He, he said that a year prior to that. So when he said, I'm going to give you a miracle, it wasn't the fact I didn't believe him, but it was like, huh? Like I was what? So right. what happened was how that happened after he told me that literally about Maybe a week later, one of my younger sisters, Shalina, contacted me and said, hey, have you have ever heard of Dr. Medina Pullings? And I was like, uh, I said, yeah, I know. Yeah, I used to watch her on YouTube. But at this point in my life, I didn't want to hear no sermons. I didn't want to hear no preach words talking about you coming out. I was tired of it. Every year mm. they talk about I'm coming out. I said, when? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't listen to YouTube because I used to watch, listen, you know how we are. I used to lot, listen to a bunch of YouTube preachers and we're, we're coming right. out and Jesus. I said, you know how long I've been in this? I didn't want, I literally right. cut Medina Pullins off and I loved her. I, lo I love her, but I did. I cut everybody off. Anybody that preach about God is going to deliver you, all this stuff. I was tired of listening to, I'm being honest, I was listening to R&B. I wasn't listening to no gospel. I was like, I kind of got in a place of like, I gave up. My gig, I did give up God and I came back real quick. So one time I was like, Lord, <laughs> one time I was like, she I, said, I, I gave up like, on him. I, I, like, I came back right Lord, I was so tired. I was like, Lord, I don't want to be a daughter no more. I'm sick of it. I'm tired. And then two seconds later, I was like, I'm sorry, little daughter. I'm sorry. I need you. <laughs> <laughs> I've then, been there. I've like, been there. I put on God for five seconds. And then after I came back, I still was not into 
like Christian music. I didn't want to listen to it no more. I just, because I was like, oh yeah, you know the music trying to inspire you, you coming out. Like I've been in this so long. I was just, I think <laughs> that what I did was I watched, let me say, it's funny, this is stuff I probably never shared. I, I used to watch like Jamie Foxx show, anything that made me laugh. Anything that right. made me laugh to get my mind off of it. I listened to certain uh, R&B music that I really, I was just going the total opposite way of any Christian stuff because I felt like it was in my head. I felt like a little bit was lies because of what I was facing. And what happened was when my sister told me about Medina Pullings, I was like, yeah, I heard of her or whatever. She said she has a 5 a.m. prayer line. And I was like, 5 a.m.? All right, who waking up 5 o'clock in the morning? Who was doing that? Like, it's early in the morning. Mm. Who was getting up 5 o'clock? Because I ain't getting up no 5 o'clock. So that worked for two seconds because after, I think, two weeks after that, I was, I'm getting up 5 o'clock in the morning. I don't care. Shakima, you going to get up? Because I had to work. I had to get up at, what, 7 o'clock in the morning to work? I, I didn't care. I was mm -hmm. like, I don't care. I'm going to sacrifice the time. Maybe take an hour, go back to sleep. I don't care. I'm going to sacrifice and get up at 5 a.m. Because I need prayer. I need somebody to pray for me. And I need deliverance. I don't care. So I started getting up five o'clock in the morning. She prayed from five to six. And it's, it's, it's mighty funny because she was the only one praying the time frame I was actually going through the process of that deliverance. But just to go mm -hmm. back into what she was talking about. So when I got on the prayer line, she really, what I loved about her, she really prayed differently from any other preacher I ever heard. Her mindset of prayer was just, like so focal point on God and God's will. Not saying any other preacher didn't know how to pray, but it was definitely unique. Very unique prayer. Certain right. words she said, certain things she said about God. You're my water. You're my. I'm like, well, I've never heard preachers pray. I pray like that before. You in the deepness of my soul. You're my. This. You. It just was like God was her everything. I was like, yeah. Like I just never experienced that type of love that she had for God. And it was mm. like when she was just talking about God, it was like, wow. Like I felt, and I'm going to say this, and it's so true. I felt like when I gave my heart to Jesus Christ, I loved God, but I wasn't in love with him. It's mm -hmm. because I didn't experience the deepness of his presence. And that was the difference. And she had the presence of God on her life that I knew that it was something unique and different about her. But not to get so deep into her, but I'm just saying it's the truth. And so she was talking about the Lord, the way she spoke about God. And then she was talking about something very uh, specific that I really focused on that I, I heard from her was she was talking about the will of God. And that's how I used to hear people say, oh, I'm just walking in the will of God. I'm like, mm, whatever. Like, what is that? You know what I'm saying? It just, it just sounded like something to say. Like, it was just like, whatever. Like, who cares? But anyway, it was just like, I wasn't <laughs> into it. But when she said it and the way she was saying it and the and she started to go deeper into the will, meaning the purpose and plan for your life, I think that she really broke down the will. What is the will? What is What God is expecting from us? And I was so intrigued by that. I was like, the will of God? I said, God, I... I want your will. I want your will for me. I don't want anything else. I don't want just things to just have it. I want your will. What, whatever you want for me, that's what I want. And I really got so focused on the will of God. I forgot I was going through what I was going through. Like, I just was wow. so focused on, I want the will. I want the will. So I was seeking his will. Like I was like, every time I got up in the morning, I used to, even when I used to, sometimes I used to miss the prayer or like, 
I used to get up like extra early just to pray with God and just really seeking his faith. And then I started to really feel his presence. And I was like, wow, that's when I start to fall in love with the Lord. And when I really was in that place of focus on God, that's when I believe God was like, you're ready. Because everything was about me, my situation, me, 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 get out of um, myself and get into him. And I believe Amen. when I got into him, he was like, now you're ready to be delivered. So at the time, I was so focused on the will of God, the will of God. So three weeks later, after being on Spirit Locker, it was like six days a week. I woke up one morning and I was like, something's different. <laughs> I said, something's mm. different. I just, I know something's changed. It's shit. I feel a difference in myself. Like the erratic thoughts with, was was gone. The 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 erratic emotions were gone. Like usually I used to feel emotions just coming right. with fear, everything, rejection, depression, everything used to just come. But I didn't feel that. I felt like a peace and a calm. And I was like, God did it. I said, God did it. Like, what? I was like tripping out. Like, when I said I was tripping out, I was like, whoa, this is how peace feels? Mm. So much torment. I went through so much depression. I, I, I couldn't even identify I was in depression until I came out of depression. It's like sometimes women, wow. as women, we don't even know we're in it. Like, you in it. And then I didn't even know, like, when I think I probably got delivered maybe Three days before, I didn't even know because I was so used to being in this situation that when I came out of it, I was right. like, this is, about, this is how it's supposed to feel like? So I was like, wow. And I, I'm going to be honest. After I felt my deliverance and God gave me my miracle, I went straight to Twitter. And I know this sounds crazy because we, because Dr. Medina and the prayer family mm -hmm. used to tweet each other. So we used to tweet about the prayer line and stuff like that. So I tweeted her directly. And I know this is her because that now she she has people doing her page, but right now I knew that was like her the person. So right. she was like, I said to her, I said, I've been on this prayer line for three weeks and I am not the same. I said, I know you were called to my life because I'm not the same person. And then she comes back to me, she tweets me back and says, humbled and honored. And when she said hmm. that, tears started flying out of my eyes and I was like that it was I started bawling crying because I said she has no idea no right. idea for what I've gone through and God has used her to break this spirit of torment mm. off of my life forever and at that moment that's when the Lord started to show me his will he I was in New York and he said my will is for you to move to Richmond Virginia I want you to be a part of that ministry of the woman mm. of God that the Lord used to break the chains off of my life, being tormented for seven years. And I told the Lord, I said, whatever you want me to do, I'm out of here. You want me to, at right. that point, I didn't care. I would have did anything for God. Like when you have your mind, that's why I think as women and the audience that's listening, when you have your mind, you have everything. Don't ever think mm. that you are in position that, oh, I don't have the finances. Oh, I don't have this. And I don't have that. And it may be if I knew somebody, don't worry about that. If you have your mind, you have everything. Cause you can learn whatever you craft, you need to learn. You can learn whatever you need to learn to be successful, to be uh, abundant, live the abundant life that God has given you. If you have your mind, have everything. Appreciate your mind. I got to a place that I had an appreciation for my mind.
And I told the Lord, I said, God, you gave me my mind back. I'm going to use it to the fullest capacity that you have ever seen. Whatever you want me to do with my mind. I think we really get to in position that we we're not thankful. We're not grateful for certain things. I think the other day I literally woke up in the morning. I said, Lord, thank you for my feet. Thank you for my toes. Thank you for my hands. Thank right. you for my fingers. People don't have hands and toes and arms. So I, right. I started thanking God for the little things. If we start to appreciate the little things, God will give us much. He's, the Bible talks about it. He said, be faithful over the few things. I'll make you rule over many. So like we be stressing over the craziest things and God is waiting for us to really step up and walk in the purpose that he has for us. And I was in a place that I wanted to walk in purpose. It's not, a, I wanted to walk in the will of God. I wanted to do everything possible, what I needed to do. So let me just break that down a little bit. Cause I know I talk about purpose. Y'all guys probably say, she always saw about purpose. What I mean is <laughs> purpose is what were you born to do? You have some people that are born to be doctors. You have some people that were born to be lawyers. You have some people that were born to be business owners. You have some people that were born to be an astronaut, whatever. Like I'm meaning that what is the reason why you was born in the sense of you walking in your purpose, also being a light. So not saying, okay, I'm a doctor and that's it. No, I'm a doctor. I'm a Christian doctor. And I am here to help people to get better, but I'm also a minister in that field. I'm a minister in that marketplace. Mm. That's what I mean. So it's not the fact of you just walking in purpose, being a millionaire, being in this place just to say I'm there. No, you are there to minister, to be a light. You're there also to be a kingdom distributor. When God, Amen. if God said you're going to be a millionaire, you walk in those millions. Some of that money is, is supposed to be for kingdom. Some of that money is supposed to be for certain areas. You are, that means you're a kingdom distributor. So everybody have a piece and part to play on the earth, but you have to find that area and what God is wanting you to be. And a lot of times, a lot of it is in your passion. When you find what you're really passionate about, pray about that thing. And if God is leading you to go into that thing and you love it, like you love it, like, I can do this all day. When you find a place that you feel like I can do this all day, in most cases, 99% of the time, that's your purpose. Because you don't, it, you, it right. doesn't feel like work. And that's how you can right. figure out. And right. that's what I do. I'm a coach. I'm a purpose and business coach. I help you to identify those things. Identify that purpose that's in your life. So that's what I mean. I want to break that down because I don't want people like, oh yeah, she's on my purpose. What does that mean? I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to break it down. But that's what I mean. You are a light in the marketplace. You are light in the church. You are light outside of the church. You are light when you go minister in the streets. Some people are called to go out there and get the people out of the streets in the sense of winning souls. So you just got to find that mark and you play. And when you find that purpose, you place a mark on the earth that never can ever be wiped out ever. Amen. That is so very true. That is so very true. So now that you've been delivered, you've been set free, you're in Richmond, right? Life speedily moved ahead for you, for you after your deliverance. Not, I won't say speedily. You have a story right. in between there as well of God just increasing your faith and doing amazing things through you in that time span from where you moved to Richmond and where you are now. But right now, presently, you have three companies underneath your belt, right? You're, you are an author. You are a coach. You're doing all of these amazing things that those years where you were suffering underneath that torment, 
you never probably thought mm, you would be where true. you are today. Yes, absolutely. So give me at least three takeaway points for the audience that they can put in their heart pocket that they can begin to use from your story as far as how you got to the point where you are now, from where you were then to where you are now. Take Three takeaway point. points. Okay, so the first thing I would tell you is to build a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's number one. And how do you build a relationship with Jesus Christ? You start to pray. When I first started praying, when I first gave my heart to the Lord, I couldn't hear God. I didn't know mm. if it was his voice or if I was hearing him. It's just with anything. If you are not talking to a person, how would you really get to know a person? So you start talking to God and you That's have to be right. so deep in prayer. I don't want you to feel like, oh my God, I have to know the scriptures backwards and forwards. I don't. So it's not about that. It's more so talking to God, having a relationship, talking to him. He's your dad. And just to go back to what I said before, like I looked at God as a ruler. Look at him as your father. He's your dad. He's your father. He cares about you. He he cares about the ins and outs of your life. Just really talk to him. And then as you continue to talk to him daily and getting to getting into his word and really building that relationship, asking him for the Holy Spirit. That's important. Ask him to feel you. Because a lot of times when you're when you get saved and you say the sinner's prayer. You ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. As soon as you you give your heart to the Lord, you have it. But to fill you, you start to feel the presence of God and really building that relationship. So I would say that would be number one. That You can't do anything with that. The rest of it doesn't matter at this, at this point if you don't do that part. Number one, that's If you don't one. do number, number one, two, that's right. I would say that by you building that relationship is keeping the faith to what you are going to do. So when you build a relationship, you start to find your purpose, right? So you have your purpose. You're like, okay, God, you're directing me. So God give you direction. And now you have to start mm-hmm. moving into the direction God is wanting you to. So say for example, okay, you start building that relationship. You know what you want to do and things like that. That next step is now the natural. You have to start taking action towards those things. How do you take action? Research. So simple. I remember I told someone this other day, they was like, oh, research, that's a good, that is that simple, research. Whatever you're trying to get into, you say, okay, God is wanting me to go into this particular field. Research that field. Right. Go on the computer, research, find out more about it. I would say another thing, get a coach. A coach, I, I'm going to tell you this. Hmm. I have a coach now, but years ago, if I had a coach, I think I would be w- way fur- further ahead. Because what a coach does, a coach actually gives you confidence because a lot of times when you're doing research, you're trying to figure out, okay, I got the information, but what to do with it? So a coach take the information you got right. and say, hey, go ahead and implement it here. So it gives you the confidence to move forward in that gift. Now, some cases you don't have to, you may you could get free education. Sometimes you have to pay for it. Invest in yourself. That's number three invest in yourself Mm -hmm. because a lot of times we feel like oh i don't want to spend this much money let me tell you something i'm gonna put it like this if you make an investment of two thousand dollars into your education to have somebody that has the expertise that has millions of dollars and they can turn your two thousand into one million would you take it (laughs) you know what i'm saying like that's absolutely so a lot of times we have to get out the mindset and that's it's a mindset you got to get out the mindset of everything is going to be free. You got to get out the mindset that, 
oh, I can't do it. I don't know. That doubt that be coming in a lot of times. And of course, it's from the enemy that doubt. Right. I, you're doubting yourself. So that mindset has to change. And that's another thing too, changing that mindset. So when I came out the situation I was in, I had to, it was like a reprogramming of my mind because now my mind was so used to going crazy. Now I had to, to, to learn how to operate in this new mind. And another thing that helped me too, reading books on certain things like mindset books. Mindset books is important. Like, I mean, sir, like books, things like that. Put that stuff in your brain. Listen to meditate on certain things that's going to encourage you and push you. Like, those are the things I've been doing and still do since this journey. Because literally, and I just want to mention this, it has been almost eight years. Actually, eight years, over eight years since I've been hmm. out of the whole tormented mind. So it's like you have to start building. You build that relationship. Once you build that relationship, when you walk into purpose, take action. Start doing research. Start looking for a coach that can help you. If you can't pay for a coach, just get free coaching for now. And then when you're able to do it, pay for that coach so you can invest in yourself and you start thriving in those areas and then you start seeing yourself take off. So I think at the very beginning, I didn't have a coach. It was certain things I did get accomplished without a coach. But I feel like if I had a coach, I would have had it faster. So that's what it really is. So it's not the fact that you can't do nothing by yourself. Oh, you need to get a coach right away. No, it's more so that it makes it a little bit easier. So that's what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. It makes it a little bit easier to go. But now just having that mindset. So it's, it's mindset, relationship, and just really building your, your faith. So that's pretty much what got me through having that unlimited faith, unlimited mm -hmm. faith, You're not doubting God because of things that you see. So a lot of times when you go through that journey, you're going to see things that looks contradict contradictory to your situation. It's going to look like, so say for example, the Lord tells you, oh, I'm going to be a millionaire. And then the total opposite happened. You, you lose your house, you lose your car, you lose everything. And you're going to be like, God, I thought you said I'd be a millionaire. He didn't say he's going to be a millionaire tomorrow. He just saying you're gonna be a millionaire. <laughs> so you gotta take that word and you gotta hold that word and you gotta stick to that word no matter what it looks like. It doesn't look, I know this doesn't look good because a lot of times when you get a word, a lot of times in most cases, and I'm being honest, the total opposite happens. It's because God is taking you through a process. Because let me tell you something, He never wants you to have millions. And you start looking down upon people. Sometimes, a lot of times, if you're going to be someone very wealthy, a lot of times you're going to go through a poverty season. And it's only because it's going to build compassion for others. Because once you get that money, you're going to be able to give it away without thinking. And that's why some people mm -hmm. that feel like, and you can ask mm -hmm. probably anybody this, that went, that's wealthy. They're going to be like, I went through a time I had no, I didn't know what I was going to eat. You know what I'm saying? You, you can ask most people that are wealthy. You can, I can sit here. I got a book of somebody I'm reading that he's, I went through this and this and this. It's because that builds compassion. So when you have it, you're not like, oh, I'm not giving them nothing. Please. I, I work, I work for this. No, because it's about giving God glory. And it's about, you know what? I let me write this check real quick. I know how this feels. Sometimes you got to feel what other people feel before you can actually get to that place where God wants you to get to. So I guess I probably said 5 million points. This is good. This is good because it allows people to understand the process because a lot of times uh, we don't understand the process. We ask God for things and we don't understand right. that there's a process in the waiting. 
And that process is what truly formulates you to be the person that he wants you to be once you receive that very thing. Like King David was anointed mm -hmm. when he was a young boy and he didn't sit in that seat of kingship until many years later. And mm -hmm. he went through some things, okay? King David went through right. some things before he got to that seat. Same thing with Joseph, right? He had the mm -hmm. dream as a young boy and mm -hmm. he didn't finally get to that place yep. until it was like many years, years later. later. So you, yeah. right. And so there is a process that we all must go through. And that process is what shapes us and molds us into the person that he desires us to be. Yes. Thank you for definitely sharing those takeaways um, because I truly believe it's going to assist many as right. they are going through their own journeys, not to give up, to keep pressing forward Despite what it, you may see, despite your circumstances, mm -hmm. despite your situation, right. God is a promise keeper. That's one thing about him. His yeah. yes is yes and his no is no. There's, so when he gives you a word, hang on to that word. You may not see it tomorrow, but yeah. best believe Absolutely. it will come to pass. That's how amazing he is. He right. is not a man that he should yeah. lie. So my next question for you is how do, because you mix your faith with entrepreneurship. You don't hide your faith. Mm -hmm. Some people are entrepreneurs and they may not say that they're Christian, right? They may not say they are a Bible believing individual because it may impact their business. But you wear your faith uh, on you just as much as you wear your entrepreneurship. Hey ladies, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this message. That was the conclusion of part one of this amazing episode. Stay tuned, ladies. We'll be back on Thursday, same time, same channel, right here for part two on Being Eve. Well, ladies, thank you for tuning in. I hope this episode blessed you as much as it did me. Before we depart, a quick reminder to head on over to the show notes where you will find all the info to keep in contact with Being Eve and to learn more about our guests. Make sure to let them know Being Eve sent you. Last but certainly not least, ladies, don't forget to review, share, and subscribe. This is your opportunity to let the whole world know where we gather for absolutely free. As always, ladies, please continue to love, live, and thrive without losing the authentic you.